this episode is going to be a good time. But I, I'm actually kind of proud of myself this week because I'm recording earlier than what I usually do. Because now that everything is like running full speed, I, if I don't record things and I don't plan things out, things are not getting done. So I'm actually recording early today. And so you guys will probably actually get this on Tuesday morning instead of at like Tuesday evening, which I like kick myself about every single time. But I am so excited for what God is doing, for how God is growing this platform. I've, we're bringing on a few new shows and I'm so excited, but I also want to throw this out because I haven't done it on my podcast yet, which is that if you are a young person, um, and when I say young, I mean, you can be a millennial down. I, I'm just, that's where my cap is. But if you're a young person and you're like, God has called me to be a voice to a generation, to teach them how to love him better, to teach them how to grow in relationship, then this is your opportunity. We have opened up submissions to our network and we're taking in new ideas, new shows. If you have an existing show, we want to hear it. If you're just like on TikTok or you're just on social media or you just preach and you're like, I, I feel like this is what I'm called to. We want to make that happen. We're trying to find a lot of unique voices because I don't want this perspective of, of all females or all males or, you know what I mean? I just want something that's as diverse as the kingdom. And I, and I mean diversity, not just in gender, but I also mean diversity in ethnicities. And so I don't, I just, I love conversation that comes out from different perspectives because we all have relationships with Jesus that might look a little different. And mine does because I've walked through some racial things that nobody should ever have to walk through, but my relationship with God then looks a little different, right? I look at God and the spirit of justice differently than a lot of people. And so if you're somebody that's like, I feel like I should do that, or I feel like I should reach out, please contact us. You literally, we will make sure to put the website in the bio of this episode, but just contact us, reach out. We want to hear from you. Or if you're just like, I need help on social media, what that could look like, like we want to help you. We want to grow and we want to let people be equipped to actually be a voice and a sounding light in this generation. So I didn't mean to start this whole episode out with that, but I'm, I had this amazing idea because I was on a rant, you know, you know, when you get with your best friends and you're like, I just got to get this out. And so my sister is my best friend. I talk about her all the time, but she's my best friend. We live together. So I'm always like, why is this and this and this? And obviously there was a whole episode because I had to get it out. I was like angry and like the spirit of justice arose in me. So that's why we had an extra episode this past week. But I, I say that because there are things that I was telling her about working with young people. I love it. I adore it. But there are questions that I get asked continually. And you know, you get asked the same question over and over and over again. You kind of go, I get it. And I love them so dearly. But it's just like, there are just some times where I go, man, I wish that I could just record what I say every time. And you could just play it back. Because I feel like I'm saying the, play, the same thing over and over. And so I thought this episode would be an FAQ or a frequently asked questions. And I, there are some questions that I get asked on social media all the time, or I get messaged about all the time. And so I thought that we would just start with, with just these questions and see where it goes. I might do this more often, like once a month, where I just bring up questions that have come into play. And so we're going to start out with this question. 
which is I always get asked about how do you live for Jesus in the midst of free will? Isn't God this God who wants to rule and, and reign over my life and tell me what to do? Like, how do I live in free will when, when he's there, right? And, and I want to say this. Every single day you have an opportunity, right? You have an opportunity to sin. You have an opportunity to not sin. But let's be honest, everybody is sinning. There's, don't lie to yourself. But there, there is a choice that is made every single day. Am I going to try my best to earnestly live for the Lord or am I going to look like the world? Those are the two choices that you have, right? So when it comes to God and free will, why do I think God gives it to us? Because that's the essence of relationship. Because how, how sucky would it be? I can't believe I just said sucky. But how sucky would it be to have to obey God, not because you love him or because of anything he's done, right? Just because he told you you have to. Like, what kind of relationship would that be, right? Personally, for me, I'm going to talk about this. Whenever my parents would, would say, hey, you have to go do this. And I would say, why? And they would say, because I told you so. Every part of me was angry. Every part of me wanted to rise up in anger and be like, what the? Every single time. Like, I know that that stirs something in a lot of you guys, too, where you're like, I don't want to, like, why are you telling me what to do, right? But I've realized in life and in relationship that has built a better relationship with the Father where I go, thank you for not just being like, do this because I told you so. You know, because that does something to my spirit. My personality type is so much like a, I will, if you tell me to do something, I will do the complete opposite because you just told me what to do. I am the queen of that. And it has not taken me to great places. But I just, I don't know what it is. Something inside of my spirit goes, I'm not doing it because you just told me to do it, right? But relationship with the Father has been a lot of one, me coming humbly and being like, I'm going to walk in obedience because that's what you call me to. But when it comes to free will, I want you to stop thinking of it as, well, okay, I can do whatever I want. I can sin or I can do this or I can do that, right? I want, and, or God's going to reign and rule over my life if I follow after him, right? I want you to start looking at it as I get the choice. That he loves me so much, he gives me a choice. I get the choice to love him. I get the choice to choose him daily. I get the choice to live in grace. I get the choice to love people well. When you look at free will in that way, everything shifts. And I want to say this as we're pertaining to free will, do not play with it when it comes to grace, because I think these correlate together, grace and free will. A lot of people, I've heard it from my literal friends, and I have had to have conversations that are hard, where I've said, you're seriously going to go and sin and then step up on a stage on Sunday morning and give him all praise and all worthy and all honor before everybody, but I know what you're doing Monday through Friday, right? On Saturday, you're going to go, I'm going to go get right with God. And then on Sunday, you're going to step in the pulpit. And then on Monday, you're going to go back to sin. I just, when we play with the grace that God has for us in that way, I get scared. And I, I just know that there are people that have callings on their, their lives that shouldn't be played with by the, the essence of grace. If you're like me, I grew up in church. And one of the things I used to tell myself all the time is, okay, when I'm older, I'll start following after the Father. I'll start following after God. Grew up in church, know my Bible inside and out. I've seen, I've sat in his presence. I've seen healing. I've seen miracles. I'm just like, I'm going to do me. 
I'm going to play this game because I know there's enough grace for me to come back. Don't play the game. Don't feed that lie. That is the enemy going, what if you just compromised a little bit until you live in sin? Because I'm going to tell you this, once you're living in sin and there's no purpose and there's no hope and there's no identity, shame and condemnation have taken root and it's hard to break off. How do I know this? Look at the prodigal son, right? He thinks he knows better. He goes, give it all to me now. I know what I'm doing. And then I'm going to go do me, right? He thinks he knows better. And, and in the end, what happens? He squanders everything and, he, and he's in shame and he's in condemnation and he's in bondage and he's scared. And so I, I think one of the big things about this is don't wait. Don't hesitate to know the father. Don't sit back and be like, I'm just going to wait until I'm X, Y, Z years old and then I'm going to come back to Jesus. Because what is that? What is that? That's not relationship anymore. And you're going to grieve your own heart. As much as it grieves the father, you're grieving your own heart because you wasted so much time. I've, I've had so many moments in my life where I go, man, if I would have just gotten myself together a little bit quicker, what would have happened? What would have shifted? Would I have to deal with this issue anymore? Would I struggle with this sin anymore? Okay. The next thing that I always get asked about is how do you walk in forgiveness? I think for forgiveness, it... Hmm, how do I say this in the right way? It's not that it's... This is how I want to say it. I'm processing. Processing. Forgiveness is more about your own heart than you probably have ever realized. I didn't realize what happened when I actually bore it all at Jesus' feet, right? And then I went to that person and said, hey, this hurt me, but I forgive you. And I actually meant it. And I actually lived forgiveness, right? And forgiveness, I think for a lot of people is always like, oh, well, it's about the other person. It's about them knowing that I'm forgiving them. It's about, it's about them feeling okay. No, it's actually about both of you. It's actually about the healthiness of relationship. Because if you go to that person and you say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Or if they come to you and say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. But one of you never actually walks in the fullness of actual forgiveness. You're just doing it out of obligation. What's going to take root? Bitterness. Every single time. All you're going to do is keep record of wrongs. But we're meant to live like Jesus who keeps no records of wrongs, right? And so when, when it comes to forgiveness, when you look at it as, okay, this isn't, this isn't just about the, the pain of whatever situation we're walking through. This is actually about my spiritual life, my heart too, in the midst of this. And so forgiveness is actually about more of, I will walk and look like Jesus in all ways. And I do want to say this, sometimes forgiveness is hard. I think one of the things that my sister and I, we've talked through a lot is my parents used to do this thing with us where we would have to have to go to the person that we hurt or the person that hurt us. And we'd have to say, I'm sorry for blank, blank, blank. Will you please forgive me? It, it's boom. But one thing that really came into our hearts and we didn't realize until we were older is that we would quickly do that to people. But really, we were dealing with bitterness at the end of the day. We were doing it because we were just programmed to do it that way. 
And so we're like, I have to forgive you now. Not realizing actually like we need to, we need to unpack this. We need to actually deeply forgive them. We don't need to just say the words. We need to live the words. And so I think a lot of times for those of us that have probably grown up in, in, in Christian households or religious households, you, you, you get really used to having to just quickly forgive and then move on, but not realizing that the quickness of that, of the saying, I'm sorry, or, or asking for forgiveness and then moving on quickly, it actually is stirring up bitterness inside of us and we're holding it against people and we're not building healthy relationships confrontation is beautiful. There are people that hate it. I am not a person that hates it. I think it's beautiful every single time. But with confrontation comes understanding that you are valuing the heart of that other person and you are valuing your heart too. Because what happens when confrontation never happens? A lot of gossip, a lot of hurt, a lot of bitterness, and a lot of unresolved issues, which is not how we're meant to live together, right? But when you're having, when you're walking in forgiveness, when you're, when you're having confrontation and you're going in with the heart of the father and the heart for that person and your heart also that he has for you, it shifts the way you forgive people. Forgiveness is not, is not something we should just flippantly throw out, but it should something we actually live and breathe. That's what it needs to be. It should be something so embedded in our heart that offense can never come in. All right. The next one that I get asked all the time is, oh. <laughs> so one of the big questions that I always get asked is, I'm struggling really hard. Like, I don't feel close to God. I don't feel like he loves me. I just, I've just been dealing with so much and I don't know what to do. My first question is always the same thing. When's the last time you talked to God? And it's always quiet. It's always the, well, mm, I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, and then it always goes to, I can't, like, why would I talk to him? I can't, I, I, I'm, I'm struggling. Like, I'm a mess. He doesn't even want to talk to me. I, I can't really even feel his presence. So I don't know why I would talk to him. And then I always ask the next thing. When's the last time you read your Bible? And they're always the same. Well, I, I kind of struggle with that. And I go, yeah, I bet you're struggling. Because if there's no foundation that is rooted in his word, what do you do when hard times come? Whenever I've walked through grief or pain or really hard circumstances, my first move is always to, one, talk to God and read my Bible. Why am I reading my Bible? Because his word is living and active. And so when you are living from this place of faith, of real faith, not just feelings, you are living from faith. His word is everything you need. When you're struggling, his word is breathing and speaking to you. It is. And you're like, well, I just can't hear from God or I'm struggling and I can't feel his presence. His presence is in his word. It is as much in his word as it is in a worship song. It is. His presence is right there. It is with you. It is not leaving. It is it, when, when we sit here and we go, I just, I just don't know. I don't know what's going on. And, and I get kind of these weird looks of why would your first move be to go to God? Why wouldn't that be my first move? I think we've gotten to this idea where 
where we kind of like almost feel like we can remedy our situations so we don't really need God. But I think God in his true and honest nature of being a father wants to know, wants to walk through that with you. Why? Because he's always with you. But when you're going, actually, I'm going to fix this. You sit on the side. You take the bench. I got this. I just think the valley becomes a season then. I think you walk through the valley when it says in Psalms 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will feel no evil for your rod and your staff. They comfort me. That takes communication. That means, okay, what is his rod? What is his staff at that point? For me, his rod and his staff would be, I'm going to talk to you and have relationship. And then the other thing would be his word. They comfort me. So when you're struggling, my first thing to you would be, okay, go have a conversation with God. And it doesn't have to be this perfect, God, I know you love me, but I'm a mess. No, it can be, God, what is going on? I'm upset. I'm hurt. I'm broken. I'm dealing with this. That can be the conversation. Why? Because that's actual relationship. That's real. You're not putting on a facade. You're saying, here I am in my hurt and my pain. And he comforts you. All right. Oh, the next few are actually really fun ones. Okay. What should I do with my life? What is God calling me to? And how do I figure out what God is calling me to? I, this question is a big one and I understand it because if for me for a very long time, I never wanted to get it wrong. I never wanted to do anything that God didn't want me to do. And for a while that really immobilized me, right? I really was like, but it was, it was honestly the earnesty, the earnesty, earnestly, my whole heart was to live for him. And so I wanted to figure out what I should do with my life or how I should live it so that so that he could be glorified, so that he could be honored in all things, right? And I don't think God was mad at that, but God was just trying to teach me, as we talked about earlier, about free will and relationship too. And so as I'm, and if I'm walking in healthy relationship with him, what I choose won't be off, right? If, if I'm walking in healthy relationship. But one of my big things in, in figuring this out for a lot of people that some people don't really love is that I say, okay, go to God, write down your gifts, write down your talents, write down all the things that you have, right? And lay it on the altar. Lay it right there. And people always kind of get a little like, what do you mean lay it on the altar? Lay it all down and then go, God, what do you want me to do for your kingdom? My my biggest thing in my life when I was trying to figure this out was I had a lot of gifts. I had a lot of talents. I could have done a lot of things, but I didn't just want to do anything. I wanted to do something that impacted the kingdom. I wanted to do something that brought light into dark situations. Honestly, if you really want to know, like if I had my journal from when I was like, I still have it. I think it's, I can literally see it over there. When I was 18 years old, uh, my journal said this again and again and again through, through from like 18 to like 21. God, I want to bring revival to cities. That's what I want to do. I want to leave cities healthier and more beautiful and more radiant of your presence than ever before. I want to 
I want to take the homeless and the hurting and the widows, and I want to equip them and give them everything that they need so that they can live a full life and know that they are supported. I want to teach cities how to love the less than. I want to bring revival. That's my heart. And I laid that on the altar to God. I said, you know what? Here it is. Here it all is. And a lot of people are like, well, that's a great prayer. That's an amazing prayer. Why are you laying that on the altar? Because if I can lay that on the altar, think of what he can do with it. Anything that you want to do with your life that you haven't laid on the altar is something that he can't use. He could, but he's also a God of what? Free will, which means he's going to sit back. So when it comes to figuring these things out, you got to lay it all out to yourself and you got to be willing to lay it on the altar. And then you got to be willing to be humble enough to sit in places you don't want to sit in anymore to figure out what God has you do. One of the biggest things that I tell my interns is this. You should go serve. And they all get a little antsy with me and they go, what do you mean I should go serve? I'm your intern. Like, no, you should go serve. You should go serve in a place that you feel called to. And then ask God what you should be doing. You should go stack chairs. You should go serve at this this ministry or this organization that you love or this school that you, you have a connection to. You should go and you should serve there. And you should let God reveal to you what you're supposed to do with your life. A lot of people don't love that answer. A lot of people just want me to give them, this is what you should do with your life. Go run after it. But honestly, this is the real part, right? We talked about the field with David. If you can serve well, he can promote you well. Why? Because God is looking at your heart when there is no title, no accolades, nothing around you. And he is going, can I give you more? And you will look to me above all else. One thing that the reason that I say that so much is because when I, (laughs) that's going to be funny. There's so much, right? That's on my life. But when I stepped down from the position that I held at a church and then I moved cross country, I, a lot of people looked at me and were like, what the frick are you doing? What are you doing? And I was like, I'm obeying God. And the question was always, but isn't this your dream job? Isn't this what God has called you to? And I said, God didn't call me to a position or a title. He called me to be his daughter. And he called me to make disciples. Trigger. Trigger some people. Because when you're looking at things in the, in the light of the world, right? You're going, oh, position. Oh, this. I need this. But when you shed all of that, you shed off the idea of, a good job and money and all of those things. And you go, God, I'm going to obey you no matter where you want me to go, no matter what my life would look like. He can promote you to places you never thought you could get promoted to because he knows that the, the things of this world will never attach itself to you. There are a lot of people that are sitting and watching and are in positions and places that have compromised. They have. And God's going, that sucks. And he can only take them to a certain level now. But if you can lay it all on the altar now, think of what he can do with your life. What should you do with your life? You should live on the altar. 
And a lot of people don't like that I just said that. But like, no, like, what should I actually do with my life? Like, what career-wise should live on the altar? That's just me. That's just me. If you want a practical breakdown of career and things like that, like, I can give one to you, but you should live on the altar. It's been, for me, it's such an honor and a reward to see where I am in life now. To see what life could have been, right? It's an honor and a reward to be where I am. Why? Because I had to shed, give away, and allow God to change my heart for what life should look like so that I could live in the place that I do now which is in true surrender, which is on the altar, which is in just fervent and reverent love to the Father. It's beautiful. My promotion is limitless because God knows my heart is where it's meant to be, which is with him on the altar. Sorry, I just went on that tangent for like a minute. All right. Sorry, I went out of my notes. Okay, the one of the last questions. I have two questions left. How do I know someone is worth dating? <laughs> I always love this question. Or like the other one is my boyfriend comes to church with me sometimes, so I feel like we're 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 good. But how do I know someone is worth dating? They would choose Jesus above you first off. If it came down to it. It came between choosing you or loving Jesus. You know that they would choose loving Jesus. That's how you know. And I'm not saying that people can't grow and change, but I am saying wait it out then. I think a lot of time we don't allow people to grow into the fullness of who they're meant to be as a son and a daughter. We just see it as an opportunity to be in a relationship and we snatch it up. But there, I'm just going to say this. What if you just waited? What if you were like, hey, I really like you. I really love who you are as a son or a daughter. Love what you carry, what you bring to the table. But I'm going to let you grow first. And then I, I would love to, to see where this goes. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. It's purely intentional. But you were putting their heart first. You were looking more like Jesus. Honestly, in my eyes, if that happened to me, I would be like, when I was like 20, if that had happened to me, I'd be like, man, that's it. That's it. But you know when their life looks like Jesus more than anything else. When they're choosing his presence, when people are coming up to him being like, hey, we're going to go out and do this, or we're, we're all doing this, or or people are gossiping and they choose to not even associate themselves with that, or they're choosing to serve fervently, or they're choosing things that everybody else is like, what are you doing? Those are the ones. Those are the ones. I tell, I tell my students this all the time because I'm like, I just want you to get it. Like, choose someone that would choose Jesus above you. That would choose Jesus above you. Do you want to know why I say that? Because that means that they love Jesus above all else, which means they'll hold your heart with the same love and contentment that they have for Jesus for you. They're going to honor you above all else. Why? Because they love Jesus. 
If you love Jesus and you're and you've shed off your flesh, your old man, right? And you're doing everything to be holy, to live a right in righteousness and in in reverence to the Father. What are you going to do? You're going to love people really well. You're going to hold their hearts really well because you know how much he loves them because you know how much he loves you. Find someone that values your heart and will choose Jesus above all. All right, the last question I have, which I get asked a lot, I get so many DMs about this, is what devotionals do you recommend? And I'm going to be real honest with you guys. I am so freaking... Sorry. Um, I'm so freaking bad about devotionals why am I bad at it because your girl has this thing where her mind just runs right like I told my sister this I said I don't like when pastors go on a lot of tangents because I'm thinking about the first tangent they went on and I don't remember really what he's talking about because that he was just talking about like lattes and now I'm thinking about huh I wonder if there's a way to make a latte like this or I wonder if somebody's made a rainbow latte and I'm just like googling things I don't know if I'm the only one that's brain works like that. That is my brain. My brain is very much like a, I can sometimes focus in on one thing, but when it comes to something I need to understand, like last night I was watching a YouTube video. <laughs> this is actually really funny. I was watching a YouTube video last night about Forbes and the 40 under 40 and like how many people on the Forbes 40 under 40 like are in prison. These are things that I want to understand, right? So I'm like, like watching this video and this guy's commentating on it and just like talking about these things and like there's like five or six people that come up and I'm literally googling the entire time this guy is like talking I'm like googling this person I'm like oh I need to research that it's on my on my list for this week really like googling all these different people to understand okay this is how they built their companies and and this is where they started from and then and then this is the whole process of this and if there's a documentary on it I'm probably gonna watch it but like this is that's how my brain works right so when it comes to devotionals I'm like, I need something quick and that is not going to take me on too many tangents. I can't do these like, I know there's like seven to 10 pages. I can't do those. That's not going to work. But my favorite devotional book is, it's by Bob Sorge. It's called Secrets of the Secret Place. And the reason that I love this book so much is because he's just a deep well, but also it's like one to two pages. So I can read this and he gives me like this full thought, complete thought to just dwell on with the Lord and go pray on, right? And then journal about, and then I can go and I can read my Bible. How I read my Bible is that I do one chapter. That's how it is. I can't do anything more. I can't, I'm sorry. I read one chapter. I read one Psalms, one Proverbs, but that's just how my brain works because if I do too much, then I'm thinking about so many other things. So, but for devotionals, that Bob Sorge, it's so cheap too. It's like 10 bucks on Amazon. But it's, it's a book that I continually go back to. I make sure to go through that devotional book every single year because every single time I read it, 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 it just, it, it, I wish I had words to explain. I literally just stuttered for like 30 seconds, but it stirs my faith in a way that I, I haven't realized. It keeps me going. It gets me out of the little like ruts that I get in sometimes where I'm like not reading my Bible and I think a podcast is a devotional. No, that's not relationship. But that book alone has shifted my relationship with God. Yes, the things that we have done, that we have dwelled in in the secret place and built, but that book has helped me build even more too. 
that in the Bible, it goes the Bible, that Bob Sorge book. <laughs> those those two. They have done amazing things. But all right, this has been kind of a long episode. I hope that you guys have a good one. We'll be back next week. Actually, yeah, actually I should say will because my sister will be on next week. It'll either be my sister or one of my nieces, which could be high key entertainment because they're eight and one of them is a little bit of a savage. So, but we're, that's all I got. I hope you guys have a good one.